Dagobah. Sure is strange. Now, R2-D2, be careful. Uh-oh. Action figures each sold separately, like Luke Skywalker and R2-D2 with sensor scope. R2, come out of there right now. Help me locate Yoda with your sensor scope. You found someone, I'd say. Your search is over, Luke. Ben Kenobi and Yoda learns quickly this young Jedi. Yoda, R2-D2, and other action figures each sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back collection. The Star Wars Power of the Force Collection. The biggest ships for the biggest battles. Now, in the sleek X-Wing fighter as rebel hero Luke Skywalker, you experience the real movie sounds of spaceflight. Your mission free Han Solo from the clutches of Darth Vader and bounty hunter Boba Fett. Now, you have Imperial Scout Troopers on their speeder bikes. And massive Scout Walkers to deal with. Are the X-Wing's laser cannons enough to free Han Solo? Now, you have the power. The Star Wars Power of the Force Collection. Figures and vehicles each sold separately from Kenner. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hoth, our hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. I am your host, Carl LeClaire, and unfortunately, Jason can't be with us for this episode tonight. But do not fear, because I've got an all-time Greatest Hits special guest. It is Lucasfilm official artist, Mr. Joe Venkman Hogan. Ooh, making me blush with that middle name. I like it. (laughs) I'm glad you're back. It's been a while, my friend. It's good to be back, and uh, even though I know this is a Star Wars podcast, you did call me Venkman, so I do have to bring up the fact that the firehouse in New York City is finally free of the scaffolding. The Ghostbusters firehouse is now back to its former glory, and it looks gorgeous. Can't wait to get down there with you this summer. It's going to be sweet. We'll, yes. like, we'll get our little lunch. We'll do a little Ghostbusters tour. It's going to be good stuff. It's going to be good stuff. But we're here to talk Star Wars. And if you didn't know what we were talking about, that makes sense because I haven't said yet. This is episode 279 of the Wampus Lair podcast, and the title of this episode is Toy Importance. So Joe and I love geeking out about Star Wars toys whenever we have movie nights on Skype. And I just figured um, since Jason, like, uh, unfortunately wasn't able to come and he, he kind of had to cancel a little bit last minute with his crazy new work schedule. I wanted to do something just kind of light and fun. And I know you and I, Joe, love talking about Star Wars toys just in general. So that's kind of what this episode is going to be all about is just kind of geeking out a bit about the importance of Star Wars toys. Um, obviously, probably a lot of nostalgia conversation here, but also the importance that they still have now. Um, you know, whether you're an adult collector or even, um, you know, how they still play an importance for, for young people today, hopefully. Um, niche. <laughs> <laughs> but before, before I, uh, we start hopping into the topic at large, just a couple of quick reminders for, um, our, our regular listeners, just be sure to, um, uh, if you have not done this yet, give us a, go ahead and hop over into your your iTunes store and and send us a quick review. Um, even just a star rating helps. 
Um, after we we had Scott on last week, and we were chatting with him a bit after the show, and and Scott was really like helping us understand just how important it is to get iTunes reviews, especially on a somewhat regular basis. The more regular your your reviews are, the more likely um, other people can find your show. Um, Scott knows this much better than we do. So again, if you've never written a, a review th- for the show, please head over to iTunes and and do that. We'd really appreciate it. Um, and thank you, of course, to everybody who has done that. Um, always, always much appreciated. Um, so I think it was a mistake for you to ask people to do that while I'm on here because now you're definitely going to get just one star ratings. I'm going to go give you a one star after this, actually, <laughs> on this episode specifically. <laughs> All right, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, so uh, if you if you could take the time to do that, we'd really appreciate it. And um, one other quick just uh, reminder, obviously, um, since Jason's not here, we we didn't go ahead and post the uh, matchup for this week. So we will we'll, we'll run that into next week. We'll post that on social media later this week. And in case you forgot our next matchup, Joe, I think you'll appreciate this. We're doing a Bounty Hunter team up matchup. So we're going to put my boy Embo with Cad Bane taking on the Fets. So Django and Boba. Versus Yo. Cad Bane and Embo, who wins the day? Huh. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, it's in my in my in my book, it's a pretty open shut case. But I know I know there's some people out there that you know really gush that over, are wrong. Yeah, you know, gush over <laughs> guys that just look cool but do nothing. So <laughs> to we can't be, all get our heads chopped off, Cora. right? To be fair, Django Django does at least do something. So that's true. But uh, anyway, uh, be sure to you know. Follow the social media, and, and I'll remind you about that at the end of the episode in case you want to participate. And next week is also a big week for Star Wars fans um, because it is Star Wars Day, um, mm. Friday, May the 4th. So Star Wars Day will be coming up, and um, we would like you, our listeners, of course, to uh, send in questions. We haven't done a, a Larian response episode in quite some time. Um, so if you have any questions just about Star Wars in general, um, be sure to send in your questions or, or anything you're thinking about Star Wars right now that you think could breed some nice little discussion between Jason and I for next week. Um, so I know that's kind of short notice. You only get a week to do it. But generally, we get so many questions that we can never get through all of them in an episode. So the fact that it's short notice, maybe we'll only get a few, but enough to still fill a fun episode. Um, mm-hmm. So anything you are thinking about Star Wars right now, any sort of it can be an in-universe question, you know, from the, the sense of why does Luke feel like Dagobah's familiar to something like, um, you know, what do you think about Luke Skywalker after Last Jedi? <laughs> um, so, hey, Carl, why does Luke think? Jacob is so familiar. Tune in next week. Oh, um, oh, 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 okay. I see what you did. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> one star. <laughs> I, I can already feel the, yeah. the host knows nothing. <laughs> As if thousands of voices suddenly cried out in terror. And gave a one star <laughs> review. <laughs> um but yeah, that's so like, that's gonna be a fun episode to do. Yeah, have a good time with that. And one other caveat for for that episode next week is I am always curious if anybody out there has any sort of fun little ritual or activities that you plan for yourself for your own Star Wars Day celebrations. Obviously, mm. luckily this year it is a Friday, so at least even if you have to work, ideally you don't have to work the whole night. 
So if you have any sort of um, way that you plan to commemorate Star Wars Day this year, also send that in. We'd love to share some of uh, what all of you will be up to. I still haven't decided exactly what I'll be doing this year. Um, there's usually a Star Wars film involved. Um, but, uh, yeah, send us, send us in any sort of plans you have for your star Wars day this year. And, and we'll definitely, uh, read those on air. Um, again, unless there's like 8 million of them, then, then we won't, but I, I, uh, I'm going to interject mine right now. I have my fingers crossed that that day I will be booking reservations for the next celebration because there's all these rumors about may the 4th is going to be the day they announce it and all that stuff so hopefully we'll be booking hotels and probably won't be buying tickets that day but um it'd be nice to get something on the calendar and start planning agreed agreed yeah and supposedly that's also the day the solo tickets are finally going to go on sale which Mm. is ridiculous because it's only three weeks before the movie but whatever (laughs) um something tells me they're not going to be too hard to snatch up yeah, not, not to sound negative. No, I, I feel. Negative. I mean, I still feel like opening the opening couple of days will will be pretty slammed. But yeah, I think it'll open up mm-hmm. quicker than the other films have. Um, and I know Last Jedi underperformed from what they were expecting, and I think that's why. If Solo underperforms as well, um, I think after Episode Nine, we actually finally will see a bit of a pause on on film releases for at least a tiny bit of time. Hmm. So I mean, obviously, we know that we've got you know. Um, Films coming from Ryan Johnson and films coming from the Game of Thrones creators, but right, but we have not gotten any sort of dates yet. So those could, for all we know, those won't premiere till like 2022. So, mm-hmm. but um, but anyway, enough of all of that. So yeah, I'll re- remind you of that at the end of the episode too, just so it's fresh in your head. But we really, really want to get your questions to to go over, and really would love to hear what some of you plan to do for Star Wars Day because it's May the Fourth. We want to make that episode all about you. Um, and one last thing, I got to give a quick shout out for something, Joe and Joe, I think you'll appreciate this little story because, um, well, I just think you'll appreciate it. <laughs> I, have no, All right. I have no context. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, um, I got to give a shout out to, to someone on eBay, um, named Derek who lives in California. Um, I, I hopped on eBay the other day cause there's, the, there's not a Denny's that close to me, um, in Boston. <laughs> So I, I was supposed to go up the other weekend. Unfortunately, my friend I was supposed to meet wasn't able to come. So I was like, you know what? The heck with this. I don't really want to eat Denny's food anyway. So I'm just going to order a cup off eBay. So I ordered, and I just want the Han Solo cup. So I ordered it off of eBay, and uh, the, the guy I bought it from sent me like just a nice message saying like, hey, I shipped your order today. You know, from one solo fan to another. I really hope you enjoy it. Blah blah blah. So I just wrote back and you know said thank you. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting the cup. And then uh, he messaged back again. He's like, you know, I'm a really big Star Wars fan. Not sure if you are, but like, I'm really into podcasts. Do you listen to any? So I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, I actually, uh, I host one myself and told him the name of it. So he went and checked it out and subscribed and sent me a message, follow-up message. He said, you know, I'm sending you one of the Han Solo trading cards as well that came from Denny's with the cup, you know, just it's, it's my little gift to you. And I was like, whoa, that's really nice of you, man. I was literally just about to eBay one of those. So. Thanks That's a lot. Super cool. And then uh, apparently, like he checked out our social media and saw, like, um, you know, so, I've posted some pictures of like my Han Solo shelf where you can see some Millennium Falcons in the background. He goes, "Also, seems like you're a big Millennium Falcon fan. I actually have an extra set of all the trading cards put together <laughs> to make the Millennium Falcon poster. So I'm going to mail you that free of charge." Dude, it's like, this guy's whoa, got your back. Yeah. So I got to give a shout out to uh, to Derek um, out there in California. Hopefully, he's listening. But. Uh, um, just such 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 a kind person. I, I, in a story like that, I think is just so important to showcase 
uh, especially right now with so much negativity, sadly, in the Star Wars fan mm. community, to just highlight like there's still so many wonderfully good and generous Star Wars fans. I mean, it, like, isn't isn't it like crazy how many good people there are in this community? Yes. Like just giving of their time, their energy, and and oh man, I love this. This is the best community in the world, man. I don't it, care what anybody says. Oh, absolutely agree. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely uh, I I would I would say a, a minority of fans who just you know just want to be buttheads. Sure, it's, um, it's always going to be a vocal minority, right? And that's true of like every fandom, every I mean, sports fans, right? There's always a community of sports <laughs> fans who are just buttheads. Um, so I mean, it's true of like anything that pe- that congregates lots of people there's always going to be those few who just want to be miserable and want to try to make others miserable but i think the star wars community at large is still a very good generous and and you know kind community um and celebration is certainly indicative of that which is why i'm glad you brought that up because i'm really i I hope i hope we get that announcement next friday as well i just hope it's not fingers crossed (laughs) so Please don't be in Europe. But I'd be surprised if it is, especially with the <laughs> Dude, I want to go to a, Europe, a European one. I, I still haven't been to any of those. I uh, I think I would try this time. I'm not I'm not opposed to going to Europe. It's just a lot more expensive. So sure. To be fair, though, I would also hopefully be making money back if I end up getting a getting into the art show again. Sure, exactly. But I but I've, even if I don't, I still want to go. I mean, I'm guessing with the opening of the Star Wars lands though next in 2019 as well. Like they're going to want to yeah. do it in conjunction. With that, so. <laughs> That's good. I'm pretty I sure it'll be Anaheim or Orlando. Sure, sure. So, Safe but, bet. Uh, but um, anyway, Joe, Star Wars toys. They mean yeah, man. mean anything to you? Oh my god, I still look. It still looks like Toys R Us exploded all over my room, even though I've gotten rid of. Quite a few things over the years uh, to make space and to pay bills. But, like, dudes, I actually think Star Wars toys are the reason that I am an artist right now. Because, you know, I I was a kid and, and, and loved playing with my action figures, especially my Star Wars stuff, and loved coming up with crazy alternate stories that had like beginnings, middles and ends and just like involved all these characters and everything intersected. And I never grew out of that. Like I always wanted to tell more stories, but you know, when you grow up, you stop playing with action figures or, you know, most people do if, if you didn't and it's your thing, Hey man, keep doing you. That's totally cool. Um, but I grew out of that, but still had it in my system that I needed to get it out. So I started doing, animation and and comics so like i think playing with all of those figures and you know coming up with those stories just really crafted the person i am now and like a lot of the sensibilities i have as a storyteller which is really ridiculous when you think about it but like to me it's just one of those things that it's it was so um like i can't think of the word but it was just so like uh uh like it molded me to be the, the kind of artist that I am now, which is pretty ridiculous. Maybe that sounds super artsy fartsy, but I, I like, I firmly believe that. No, I think it makes a lot. I remember, um, I don't remember if it was in your brief bio there that they had on the celebration site from, you know, last year's celebration, or if it was maybe, um, something you said, I don't know. I don't know. I know. Cause remember right before celebration as well, what was the name of the guy, um, who was interviewing all the artists, and he had like um, oh Spencer Spencer yes. Bringerhoff yeah Spencer Bringerhoff he, he is uh, 
a Lucasfilm artist that has come long before me. He is he is a very very talented. Uh, I I say with respect, veteran of the the uh, Star Wars art scene. He is somebody who has greatly inspired me. So that was super cool to get to do that with him. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, it might it might have been on there that I. I probably said the same thing right or the bio i don't remember honestly. yeah no but yeah i and and i i've i've always liked that response of yours how like you know you you continue to in a way play with your action figures by doing art and telling stories yeah. through your motion comics or even just through a picture itself like it doesn't even have to be a motion comic um absolutely you know i mean your 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 print from celebration last year it tells a story so it's a still print. Does it? It, I, I don't know if it does. I, <laughs> that for me was just showing off all my action figures that were in my system. That I, I mean, that's fair. Do. That's like a shelf in your room. Like not a big deal. So totally. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think that's really cool. And I, and I also know, you know, just from, you know, knowing you as well as I do, just sometimes when you do like designs for, for some of your drawings, I mean, you legit will like pull out an action figure you'll or you'll still buy an action figure if you don't have it because you want it just for you know source material as something to look at closer as you're drawing it well that's the excuse right like oh yeah i need it for <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah i'm gonna write it <laughs> off too so <laughs> no it, it does it does help to um you know reference photos are super helpful but at the same time um sometimes it's just nice like when you're an artist and you're trying to figure out how everything kind of fits together. It's nice to just actually look at something in person, you know what I mean? And like rotate it and, and see how it looks from different angles and everything. Um, it just kind of helps further your understanding. Cause the most important thing um, when you're drawing something is to really observe and understand it before you try to replicate it. If that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I, it, that's I, I can't tell you how many times I've just pulled out the bin of action figures and said this is more helpful than Googling, you know, what Neonum his vest looks like or whatever, just to like <laughs> have it in my hand and really look at it up close and not worry about the quality of the image or whatever. Right. Yeah, I love uh so talking about um pulling out your your bin of action figures, that's something I still love to do. So um, I mean, I, I don't regularly buy action figures anymore. One, just because, I, you know, I don't have the money. Um, and secondly, too, like, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I don't consider myself a Star Wars collector. Like, I have a Star Wars collection, but I'm not a collector, right? Like, I think collectors in some way um, are much, you know, I mean, there's there's a much stronger drive to just getting sometimes as much stuff as you can or at least all of like one kind of a thing. Sure, um, sure. You know, in some ways, I think every Star Wars fan has a little bit of a collector mentality for sure. Um, but I don't consider myself a hardcore collector. And that's why like now it's – if there's something I really, really want – like so with the solo stuff, I mean I've seen pretty much all the six-inch black series on the shelves at this point. But the only mm-hmm. one I really wanted was Han because, like, I have a Han Solo shelf. Like, I know where I'm going to display him. Lando looks awesome, but I know yeah, at the Lando's end of the day, a great figure. Yeah, but I also know at the end of the day he's just going to either stay in the box or go in a drawer. So it's like I don't want to spend $20 for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, maybe after seeing the film it'll be different, right? Like, I remember when, you know, Force Friday – rolled around for rogue one i bought a death trooper and that was it because i was like i don't really know who any of these characters are i don't want to spend the money but after the movie came out i grabbed a few more because it was like okay i really want to cheer it i really want a cassian right um but something i still love to do like you were saying though is just pull out that bin of action figures and i still have like a big plastic tub 
that I used to keep at my dad's house for the longest time. And, and, and I kind of liked that it was there. So like anytime I was back in New York visiting my family, like it was just something I could do. I could like pull them out from the closet and just kind of like look through them, you know, just, it just kind of brings me back to how much fun it was. And the majority of those figures in that bin are pretty much, you know, the power of the force line from 1995 mm-hmm. through really attack of the clones. I only bought like a couple for, for, from revenge of the Sith and then a scattering here and there afterwards. Like for instance, the Han Solo with torture rack. I mean, I had to have it. Um, <laughs> but of course <laughs> there, there's another one star review coming our way. Um, from me, <laughs> I'm going to make an alternate iTunes account just to do another one star rating. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I I loved pulling that bin of figures out and just you know just like it just took me back to to those to those like purer days of my Star Wars fandom. And I don't say that in a sense of like that my Star Wars fandom is not good or as good anymore. It's just it was a different experience when you were younger. I think we can all agree on that. Um, but my when my dad moved um, out of like my childhood home a few years ago, he was really like pushing for me. He's like, please like anything of yours. You don't like absolutely need to store here. I'd really appreciate it if you take it. And you know, the first few years I was living in Boston, I was moving like apartments like every year. But now that I'm finally like doing my best to say settled somewhere, uh, it was like a year, almost two years ago when I was back in New York, I was like, you know what? I'm going to at least take the bin of action figures. And now I keep them like in the top shelf of my star Wars room. And still every now and then, like, um, it, it'll typically happen. Like when I'm prepping for the show, like I, I usually try to just throw on a star Wars movie before Jason and I hop on each week. And, uh, often I I've told my friends this, so apologies if you are a, a younger person, but I usually like to make myself a nice rum and Coke and, uh, throw on a star. Why, why apologize? You're allowed. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. I'm 32. You're over 20. We are well over 21. Yeah. Man. Okay. You're allowed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll make myself a nice drink, throw on a Star Wars film, and then sometimes I inevitably have to, you know, I bring in the kitchen chair, climb up to that top shelf, and just, you know, sit down with sit down with the bin next to me, and I'm just like, wow, this is great, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's still something, there's just something still so magical about the action figures. Um, and uh, if, if you haven't watched, and I know, Joe, I was talking to you about this right before we, we started recording, but if you have not yet watched um, The Toys That Made Us on Netflix, it's, it's, it's a Netflix short documentary series um, with the first episode about Star Wars toys. If you've not watched that, I, I highly recommend checking it out. It's really good. Um, and actually, one of the guys that produced that specific episode of The Toys That Made Us was, oh my gosh, I'm going to blank on his name and I apologize, but he made the, the, the fan documentary film um, plastic galaxy where he essentially did all this research to on um, you know kind of tell the story of how the star wars toys were initially made um and and i had him on the show i mean geez a couple of years ago when it first came out he was gracious you should be ashamed of yourself i am ashamed you guys met we did i mean if you had him on the show then oh. you t- even if you met verbally right i know i feel like a jerk right now but this is awful i know you um, should you should pause right now and look this up and don't don't include this part. I know. Well, that's all right. I mean, hey, we're not all perfect. <laughs> we're all human. We're all we're human. All, all right. Let's see. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Brian Stillman. There we go. There we go. Um. So, yeah, Brian was on the show shortly after it came out. And oh my, I loved that episode. He just he, he's just such a, a bright guy and has such a sense for the magic of Star Wars. But he helped make the episode for Netflix on the Star Wars toys. It's It's really great. Um, the thing I really appreciate about the Netflix episode is that it does, I mean, it, it certainly concentrates on the early days of the Star Wars figures with Kenner, but at least it does touch on from like 
the beginning until even now with the Disney era. Um, mm. I mean, it's it's much more abbreviated as we as we move on, but it's it's really good. And um, there was uh, one of the guests they had on the episode made this great point about how why Star Wars toys are so important to fans, and it's because essentially, like Star Wars is some it's sci fi, it's fantasy, it's something that's in a way not well, not in a way. I mean, it's not real, but there's something about holding an, an action figure, or holding a toy, holding a model ship. That makes it just that much more real for you, um, and I just I, I really loved that point of like these toys in a way. I mean, it's it's. I mean, I'm a person who really likes churches and and religion, and you know, I go into a church. I love like the statues and the stained glass windows because they're all like physical representations of things that are beyond the physical realm in a way. And I think the toys kind of you know capture that for Star Wars fandom is they they represent something beyond ourselves but allow us to really participate in it if that makes sense sure sure so now i have to ask you uh what was your first star wars toy ever and do you still feel that magic when when you hold it or see it or whatever great question joe and it's going to come right back at you so have your 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 answer ready okay. <laughs> i'm good to go well it's so i got a two-part answer so the, the okay. very first star wars toy i ever got and it was really before i was much of a star wars fan is um i think it was my uncle gave me a couple of his old vintage toys he gave me a darth vader and a stormtrooper but it was it was honestly really before i was a star wars fan so i don't really count those mm-hmm. um like i knew what they were i had never seen a film i never really knew much about it but i was just like oh these are neat um but my first ever action figure that I got was the mail-away Han Solo Stormtrooper. Whoa. Um, from, you know, remember like when, uh, when they relaunched? Yep, right? from Fruit Loops. Yep, you just sent in two proofs of purchase, $6, and then waited for what seemed like an eternity. Um, <laughs> cause, right? Like, man, those days were long. When you did a mail-away toy, like, yeah. I mean, it was like it was like 8 to 12 weeks. I mean, it was long. There was no Amazon Prime. Especially um, for a kid, too, yes, right? exactly. Like, an adult, okay, that's a long time. But, like, for a kid, that's an eternity. That's, that's yeah. like, a, a huge chunk of how many school days you had to deal with before that would show up. Right. Yeah, and I remember still the day after I mailed my proof, you know, my proofs of purchase in from the cereal and my $6, I remember still, like, every day checking the mailbox as soon as I get off the school bus. <laughs> and my mom would be like, Carl, now remember, it says, like, 8 to 10 weeks. And I was like, but you never know. That's just, like, an estimate. <laughs> was it on time or was it late? I don't remember. I'm sure it was on time, but, yeah, I mean, it just felt like forever. Um, and di- I'm, did you get? did you have that figure as well? I had it too, but I think I picked that one up at a local comic shop that sold loose, like really old loose figures, but then they got that one in. And I remember, I'm sure I paid like 20 bucks for it as a kid because it was an exclusive and that's what comic shops do is they jack the prices up on all the exclusive stuff. Right. Um, but yes, I did. I did get that one eventually. Yeah. And I just remember it coming in just a white box and Han was in a little plastic um you know, like little plastic wrapper. I mean, there was no like card right. back. There's for no it card, right? Yeah. And he didn't even come with a weapon. So he didn't even have a blaster. So, um, but yeah, that was the first toy I got. And I remember being super excited about it. Um, and, and I had nothing else to play with him except, well, I, oh, damn, I guess this does count. I forgot. I did get Bendems. Those were the first Star Wars toys I got. Bendems. Um, wow. Okay. I, I loved my Bendems. So I played with my Han Stormtrooper, but I was like, I know I need more. More of these Power of the Force line, He-Man, Star Wars figures. Um, 
But uh, what about you? What was your first one? So the very first one I ever got was, do you remember the Micro Machine uh, sets where it was basically a face that opened up into a playset? Hell yeah. I got the Stormtrooper one that opened it up and it was the first Death Star. Yep. And it had the Dianoga and the Trash Compactor. It had the Cell Block. And on top was Darth Vader's TIE Fighter. And I think it came with Stormtrooper, Han, Luke, and Leia. And maybe a regular Stormtrooper, too. I'm trying to remember. But I I think it came loved with a Chewie, too. I think it came with well, a Chewbacca. Okay, yeah. I think, I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, and it had the garbage chute that, like, you could slide them down into the... Oh, man. So I ended up getting a bunch of those in that set. But that was the first thing I ever got. Um, and I specifically wanted that... Because I remember when I first started watching the movies, um, I was absolutely like, I wasn't, I mean, I drew a lot as a kid, but something about the Stormtrooper design, and specifically the helmet design, I remember really resonating with me and saying to myself, this is, there's something really special about this. I can't put my finger on why I like this, but I really like it. And it was just one of those designs that I kind of never really forgot. Um, you know, when when you grow up, you you move on to other things. But, like, something about that Stormtrooper helmet design always really stuck with me. Uh, and I, I, it was so cool to just, like, have it sitting on a shelf and then you open it up and you can play with it. And um, that was really special for me. Uh, I still have it, of course. I, I would never get rid of that. And then... Um, I got that a little bit before my birthday, and then for my birthday, I got a ton of Star Wars stuff right after that. Um, I got that that uh, digitally mastered trilogy set that the the last one to come out before the special editions, mm-hmm. um, where it's you know Vader, the Stormtrooper, and Yoda on on all three VHS covers. Uh, so I got that. I got the Action Fleet at at. I got uh, Power of the Force, Stormtrooper, and Luke. And I think I got – there was another Micro Machine thing that wasn't – it it wasn't Action Fleet because it was really huge. But it was a Millennium Falcon playset that opened up for the standard Micro Machine figures. Yep. So, so, so there were slightly smaller figures than the Action Fleet figures because the Action Fleet, fleet figures uh, were like – like the, the legs bent. But the regular Micro Machine figures were molded in a pose. And the Millennium Falcon was for those figures, but it was huge. And it was, like, to scale for those figures. And it was awesome. So I remember getting all that stuff. That was pretty much all my first Star Wars stuff. And uh, I could never part with any of it. Like, that that's especially that Stormtrooper figure. Um, that Power of the Force, uh, just classic Stormtroopers. Maybe still in my top three action figures of all time for Star Wars, I think. I love that. I mean, it technically Power of the Force 2 line because they did do a Power of the right. Force line in 1985. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, I love that line. And it was right as I was getting into Star Wars, so it was perfect timing. Yeah, me too. That's It was, I think, 94, 95 yep. that, that, that time. Yeah, and I, I loved those Lego sets – or Lego sets, excuse me. Um, the Micro Machine sets that you were just describing. I, I still have um, – my stormtrooper and Darth Vader. The Darth Vader one was my favorite because it opened up into the you know carbon fright Best carbon bit, freeze sure. chamber. Um, that one was great. Um, didn't didn't the Boba Fett one have the torture chamber? 
Yes, I never had that one. Uh, all right, I know. <laughs> I, got, I got to hop I know, on. EBay. I know what you're getting for your birthday this year, then. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, so, you know what was you know what do you think it is about the toys? I mean, and obviously, like you like you said earlier, like I think a lot of people, like most people, um, you know, eventually we just we grow out of that stage of playing with action figures. You know, I mean, I, I don't think I've really actively played with an action figure and. I mean, at least 15 years, maybe longer. Um, and I think you're right. Like as we grow up, like our imaginations, I mean, ideally we always have an imagination. I mean, some people sadly think they need to be so serious that they shut that down in themselves. Um, I certainly still have a very vivid imagination, but it doesn't manifest itself in the way that it used to when I was a kid where I want to, you know, bang out a bunch of, uh, you know, action figures and, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I think there was, there was just something so magical as a kid playing with Star Wars action figures specifically, you know, I mean, you know, you and I both, Joe Wig, we, we talk all the time about how much we love Ghostbusters, you know, we loved Batman and, and, um, the Ninja Turtles, like I had all those toys. I loved playing with them, but there was always just something really special about playing with Star Wars toys. I played with Star Wars toys much longer than the other things by far, um, what do you think it was like for you? What was it about Star Wars toys that just were such an integral part of your growing into the Star Wars fandom? I I think a big part of it was the attention to detail, especially in that line, because, you know, not to trash on the original Star Wars figures, but they didn't really look like any of the actors or the characters and like, their their posability was so limited and everything like that, and it was something about the, that like '90s era that action figures, you know, the toy company started to take uh, the accuracy a little bit more seriously. I mean, now it's it's common practice for the likeness of a character to just be like spot on, and there's nothing super special about that now. But I I'm gonna go ahead and say that you know that that. Power of the Force 2 Star Wars line was pretty integral in that becoming an industry standard, which is kind of a shame when looking back just because, like, I'm not crazy about what they're doing now, and I don't want to turn it into, like, a big negative thing because if people, you know, plenty of people are still collecting stuff and and whatever and and don't have the same problem that I have with, with the new lines. But, like, something about those old lines, like... It was just it was just different. Like they were articulated a little bit nicer sometimes, and you know I remember this one Han Solo figure in particular that like the the knee was on a uh, on a swivel, so you could have him sitting with his ankle resting on his other knee the way Han Solo would sit, mm-hmm. and it was just like little things like that, like little attention attentions to detail just made them feel a little bit more special. And because, you know, Star Wars is that is that escape to a galaxy far, far away. Um, it's, I, I don't know, man. Like, something about just... I think it just had that, that kind of indescribable little vibe to them, in addition to all the things that they did right. You know what I mean? What about you? How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I think... In a way, um, like my budding Star Wars fandom when I was a kid was steeped in the toys, playing it more than the films. Um, 
you know, I mean, and like you were saying, like the first versions I had of the films as well was that that final release of the original versions before the special editions came out, um, which I, I sadly got rid of those VHS tapes of a number of years ago when my dad was moving out. But I did eBay a, a, a box of them uh, last year and, and I love them. I mean, I, 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 yes, I wish they were like the ones that I actually grew up with, but whatever. Um, but I think, yeah, like when I was a kid, I mean, before the VHSs came out, I mean, it, it was a, I was a Star Wars fan for a good a good year and a half to two years before I owned the movies themselves. Oh wow! And you know, it was literally just playing them. It was playing Star Wars as often as I could. Like I would occasionally mm. watch. Although to be fair, until they came out on tape. I don't think I saw New Hope until those those releases came out. I oh, I wow. would watch Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi at my cousin's um, every now and then. Not not even every time I'd go over, but every time I went over, we played Star Wars. That was for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, just playing with those toys really just entrenched me in the love of the films, and you know, like just the magic of you know. And then even when the films did come out, yes, I did watch them very regularly. Although I did mostly just watch Empire and Jedi. I never really loved A New Hope when I was a kid. I didn't dislike it, but it just just wasn't my favorite. It mm. continues to be the case today, which I know like old school Star Wars fans are like shocked by that. But hey, I didn't grow up with it in the same way, so <laughs> I'm okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, there was just something so magical about like, you know, watching what and when I was younger, I didn't have a great attention span. So I, I rarely would sit down and watch the entire movie. Whenever I watched one, I would usually watch like half of it and then either come back to it later at night or, or be watch half of it before bed and then get up and finish it in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing I loved was like, I'd watch part of the movie and then I'd go upstairs, roll out my action figures and just start playing and, you know, playing on the floor in my bedroom and, you know, bringing the vehicles into it and just, you know, like you said, like telling my own story. And as a kid, getting more Star Wars toys wasn't about like, it wasn't like some collecting thing. Like I had to have them all. It was, okay, what figure do I need next to continue the story I'm telling in my head? Right. Um, it was, it was always for the sake of narrative. It was never for the sake of collecting. Um, and and I think even still today, in a, in a similar way, that's still how I kind of buy my Star Wars product, my Star Wars figures still. It's not because I'm continuing the narrative, but I'm continuing the narrative of what do I want to display, right? What do, what do, how do I want to express visually my Star Wars fandom? Okay, that's the product I'm going to buy. You know, mm-hmm. I, have, I have no interest in like eight versions of R2-D2. Like I have one, that's plenty for me, um, you know, or... Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if they had, like, eight different incarnations of Embo, yeah, I'd have all of them. Uh, <laughs> sadly, they've only got, like, two, and I actually only have one. Like, I have the action figure, the three-and-three-quarter-inch action figure. Um, they do have a Lego minifig, which I should probably grab, but I think that's it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so, like, just like when I was a kid, it was always for the sake of narrative. And, and I think even today, as as my own private collection, you know, slowly grows. It's always for the purpose of narrative of expressing my star Wars fandom. Um, so yeah, I mean, but there's just something so magical in the tangibility of the products. Absolutely. And that's, that's a good point. Um, that I didn't, I, it's, I didn't even think of that, that, you know, part of, the things that really resonated with me was playing it with other kids 
Like my friend uh, who used who lives across the street, uh, his name is Paul, and his younger brother Charlie. They're the ones that got me into Star Wars in the first place. And every time one of us got the new figure, we would be looking out for each other. Oh, hey man, I did. Do you need this? Did you get this one yet? And they, Toys R Us just got this one. And then we'd all, you know, bring out all the figures afterwards and and be playing outside or I'd go over someone's house. Um, the front of their house had a lot of like flowers and plants, so that their house was indoor, and my <laughs> house had white pavement, so my house was Hoth. So we all got adats, and when we wanted to play on Hoth, we broke out all the adats, and they were in front of my house on the pavement. And, you know, we had Echo Base and all the Rebel Fleet Trooper, uh, Rebel Rebel Hoth Troopers, and all that stuff. So it was it was so fun to like use real world things to kind of enhance the story that we wanted to to tell. Um. Yeah, I didn't. I, I, I that didn't even click with me until you you mentioned it. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you know, I mean, and and toys allow for that like kind of communal sharing, um, and 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 sharing the fandom. Although to be fair, the major, I think the majority of the time that I played with action figures was by myself. Um, uh, I would occasionally play with my cousins. With theirs, a lot of times with them though, it was just like kind of more to look at them and like talk about what was so cool about them. Our preferred way of playing Star Wars, me and my my cousin that I really got into it with, um, was to play what we called big Star Wars. Right, we would run around the house and pretend we were in Star Wars. We did that too. Yeah, Yeah. that was always our preferred way because that wasn't as fun to do by yourself. But action figures could be a little like those were more entertaining when you were on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a lot more action figure stuff on my own than, um, with my cousins and it, it was only my cousins. Like I, I played star Wars action figures with my brothers maybe a dozen times, but in my mind they weren't doing it right. So I just didn't want to play with them. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, you know, like they didn't know the rules, so you didn't really want to play with them. Um, <laughs> I see. Yeah, I know. I was such a jerk. <laughs> Very judgmental. I know. So. Um, you know, like my brother trying to put like Darth Vader, um, in the snow speeder, I'm like, nope, that's nope. Get him. He out. would never do nope. that. Get him out of there. Get him out. You're, we're done. We're done here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I mean, I just, I really feel like, you know, when I when I think about like how much I love Star Wars still to this day, you know, and it's a fandom that's been in existence for the majority of my life. I really do feel like without the toys, it wouldn't be the same thing. It just wouldn't be the same story. You know, and as much as I don't, you know, like it doesn't rev- my fandom doesn't revolve around toys the way it did when I was younger. Um, it solidified that fandom because, I mean, I think the greatest uh, gift that Star Wars toys bring to Star Wars fans, especially to young fans, is the ability to be co-creators, right? To be co-creators sure, in sure. that universe. Uh, I mean, we all know the famous analogy of George's sandbox that we get to play in. I mean, and the toys were literally the best way to do that. Because like you said, Joe, like they, especially with the release of the Power of the Force line. And yes, like a lot of people didn't like love how, you know, muscular they looked. I never paid any attention to that, to be honest. Monkey Leia face. Right. Yeah. You know, Lando with the perfect six pack, um, seen through his beautiful blue silk shirt. Um, you know, that stuff didn't matter to me as a kid and, and they, you know, they quickly started to slim them down a bit. Um, but, but what did matter was the fact that the colors were all good. Like the, the details were all there. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it was, it was a lot more fun than, 
pretending to use something that wasn't a Star Wars toy. And, you know, those Star Wars toys really just let you create your own stories. So, which actually leads me to this question and um, for you, which is, you know, when you played with the action figures, would you typically recreate scenes from the movies or would you usually tell your own stories a little of both? Um, What was it for you that you remember? I never recreated the movies ever. I always wanted to figure out my own story. And I would always use a lot of figures that weren't super uh, important and gave them a story. Um, like the, the Hoth Rebel Trooper was one of my favorite figures because I would pretend that was Kyle Katarn on Hoth doing <laughs> whatever stuff with the rest of the... Uh, the rest of the rebels and he'd just be doing his own thing. Um, and it's funny cause now that I think about it, I do a lot of that. Now I take a lot of characters that people forgot about or didn't care about. And I will, I really like taking those less important characters and seeing where they intersect with the, with the important events that go on. Um, that's pretty funny. This is like a therapy session for me right now. I'm learning a lot about myself that I never thought about before. Um, but yeah, no, I never recre- I never wanted to recreate the scenes because I could just watch the movies. It was more stimulating for me to just make up my own stuff yeah. with those characters. I did, I did like playing with the main characters though, um, but they weren't always like the be all end all heroes. You know what I mean? Because like in the movie, Luke can do no wrong and is always doing everything that's changing the tide of the battle. But in in my stories, it was always everybody kind of equally working together and doing doing kind of their own um, their own specialty stuff and all getting the job done as a team. It's very socialist of you, right? Yeah, yeah. Carl, <laughs> Carl Marx would love it. Um, oh man, <laughs> just kidding. Those Carls do like me. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, no, but I'm in the same boat as you, Joe. It was it was always almost always. Um, create my own stories and and to be honest i don't i don't really know that i ever recreated scenes occasionally like you know again playing like big star wars sometimes in the backyard with my brothers like we would recreate the battle of hoth in our you know in the woods and we had like a natural trench in there so it lent itself to that sort of storytelling but um yeah when it came with the action figures like I would say 99.9% of the time it was creating my own story. And, you know, as, as kids, I mean, I don't have kids, so I don't, and I certainly don't really understand kids that much because they kind of terrify me. Um, but, uh, you know, you know, young kids are not going to be telling intricate, you know, character arc stories. I don't ever remember really doing that. You know, I mean, I wasn't exploring the depths of Han and Leia's relationship or Luke and Leia's relationship, <laughs> right? It was just, it was always like battle plans. Like, oh, they've, the rebels have found a new planet and they notice that the, you know, the empire is building a new massive weapon here. So they're going to infiltrate it to destroy it. I mean, right? Like the plot points were always purely action-based, you know, um, in a way the characters were all kind of cut from the same grain. I do remember though, a lot of, in my stories where Han would come to the rescue of Luke, not the other way around. Cause I, I, okay. mean, I was a Han guy. Poor Luke getting the short end of the stick yeah. on both of us. Luke, 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 there's hope. Luke, Luke. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I mean, and this is something I've I've always thought about, Joe, and, and I don't know if you know anyone in this, this camp. 
I don't know of anyone who's a hardcore Star Wars fan um, who was not also into Star Wars at some point when they were a kid and played Star Wars. I don't know of anyone who's a hardcore fan who didn't have that experience. I'm not mm. saying it doesn't exist. I just I don't know of anyone. And because of that, because of my limited experience, right? Like, because obviously don't know every Star Wars fan. But because of what I do know, I just assume that that's the case. Like, if you are a hardcore Star Wars fan, it's because you had the ability to play with the toys when you were a kid in some capacity. Now, that's a great question. Yeah. I, I got to really like, you know what? I do know someone. Uh, do you know Anne? Uh, Jazz's friend Anne? Yes. Not well. I know who she is, but. Right. Well, she, uh, Jazz introduced her to Star Wars. Oh, wild. And she's like a super fan now and has like Star Wars tattoos and cosplays as Greedo. And like, she's awesome. And she's like this ultra Star Wars fan now. All right then. Well, there you go. If I'm if I'm remembering this correctly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so again, like if if you're listening, hey, this this whole next week's episode is all about all of you, our listeners. So, if you are one of these fans who just got into Star Wars later in life or something like that, let us know. Like, I'd love to know that because again, and in, in my own experience, I've yet to experience a fan who didn't, you know, in some way, grow up with it as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Like when I've tried to show it to like past girlfriends or even like some of my other just friends who've never really seen the films, I'll show it to them. And, you know, most of the time they'll be like, okay, like they're fine. They're entertaining. They're fun, but they're not going to be like hardcore into it. Um, I mean, to be fair, it could just be like that's just just not their kind of entertainment, right? Like it could be as simple as that. But, you know what? But then, you know, I've had a couple I've like had a couple of, you know, just close buddies of mine over the years that I've showed it who'd never seen it. And they'd be like, you know, know, it was was fun. I enjoyed it. But then they'd be like, they're like, I just don't get why you like it so much. And I mean, at the end of the day, right? Like we, when you try to explain why you love anything to the depth that people like us love Star Wars, I mean, at some point words just fall short, right? Like it's, it's just something innate. Um, But I do really believe that part of my intense fandom was really grown in the ability to participate in the story as a kid with the toys. Um. And that's why, like, you know, for instance, on our Tales of the Larian uh, segment that we do very sparingly now, but I do still love doing it, um, right? Like, we have the question of, you know, how did you play Star Wars when you were a kid and how do you play it now? Because I still think that for all Star Wars fans, young and old alike, like, we still do play Star Wars. And, you know, Joe, you started the show off by talking about for yourself, like, that's, you know, you don't play with your action figures anymore, but you, you know, you think up a story you want to tell and you make an, you know, a motion comic. Um, so very slowly, but yes, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we all do. I mean, you know, battlefront, like people love battlefront because it's a way to play star Wars. Um, for me doing this podcast is a continual way of playing star Wars. Um, you know, and, uh, again, like it, it showcases the beauty of star Wars that you're able to tap into it in a creative, imaginative way at any age when you're a kid. Yeah. Like, Give me some action figures. Let me hop into that sandbox and just have some fun, recreate a battle or make up my own storyline. Or as an adult, like who's, you know, spent, you know, a lot of their adult life studying like theology and religion. Well, like, oh, gee, I really want to talk about how Star Wars informs that part of my life. And wow, here's all these connections I see. Like, it's just a fun, creative, imaginative way of still participating in that story. Um, Just obviously in a different way. 
I, I think a big part of it is just Star Wars resonates with so many people for different reasons. Um, y- you know, people can relate to a lot of these characters. People feel like Luke Skywalker trying to get off the farm. People look at Han Solo as the guy they want to be like. People look at Princess Leia as, you know, this this role model of, of someone who's who's strong when others around her are, are weak and she remains you know, determined and, and, and willful and strong. Like so many of these characters we see ourselves in and we see the type of person we want to be. And like you said, there's so many creative outlets and just the, the lore is so rich. There's so many different ways for us to kind of express ourselves and express those feelings and express all the stuff that we relate to and, and want to be more like, you know, there's, there's fan fiction writers and and fan film directors and artists and and uh, podcasters and all uh, collectors all this stuff like all of this stuff is such a great um i you know maybe not healthy is the word but like it's it's just great to make something from nothing and star wars is just such a constant inspiration for so many people to to you know I don't want to say be somebody else, but just to kind of celebrate who they are through this stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, Yeah, it was, you know, well, when it came to the toys, what, like, when there were, you know, new releases of Star Wars toys, what, what were the sorts of things you needed to get? So I was really big on that power of the force line. And, um, I pretty much got everything from that. I can't think of anything that I was ever really missing. Cause I was pretty on top of that stuff as a kid. Um, I started to fall off the boat a little bit when the prequel figures came out. I got, I'm pretty sure I got all the figures, but I stopped collecting like the deluxe stuff and, you know, maybe not all the vehicles or whatever. Um, and then by revenge of the Sith, it was just like, okay, I'm going to get the ones that I want. And then, uh, past that, I'm just gonna sit out. And then after Revenge of the Sith, that was really just very sparingly, and and not for lack of wanting to. It's just like you said, you know, money becomes a thing. And uh, I was I was in college at that point, and just kind of focused on, uh, you know, being becoming a better artist than uh, following Star Wars action figure news. And uh, yeah, just just kind of fell off the wagon. And now I just kind of really buy the stuff that. You know, you said you're not really a collector, but I, I, I would wager you are, depending on how you look at it. Just because, like, a collector doesn't need to have everything in a set to be a collector. I think a collector just has to go after things that mean something to them. You know what I mean? Like, stuff that speaks to them for whatever reason. And a collection doesn't have to be complete to have more value. You know what I mean? Like, the value of a collection is really what you attach to it. And uh, that's, that's that's something that, you know, I, I have a very strange, there's no real rhyme or reason to my collection right now because I really just buy stuff that I think is cool and really just feel like, oh, that would look awesome. That would be cool inspiration or, or whatever. Um, and I, I Star Wars stuff has always been an obscene amount of fuel for me wanting to to collect in general. Yeah, I forgot what question you asked. I don't. I'm just you know me. No, you you asked. I just ramble. You I answered it, off. and then you just went somewhere else, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, I had one more question I wanted to ask you, and oh my gosh, my mind just went blank. Um, I'm sure it was me. Just in the midst, the yeah, in the midst of right all, off the rails, <laughs> in the midst of your rambles, uh, I seem to have lost it. Um, <laughs> you know, why are you digging? I do what I want, <laughs> boss. What? <laughs> <laughs> why am I cutting? Yo, yo! <laughs> Everyone right now who has not memorized Ghostbusters two is like, "What is going on right now?" <laughs> hey, I'll Shut tell up. you. I'll tell you why. <laughs> Some diaper bag downtown. <laughs> this is a question I should probably ask you uh, when we're done recording, but I'm curious if you actually read the script for uh, the original first draft for Ghostbusters two yet that I sent you about a week ago. We can talk off the air, and I have not. But no, okay, we well then there's nothing else to talk about. Well, there so. we go. Yeah, there isn't. That's yeah. it. Question I, answer. <laughs> Sorry, um, I didn't mean to hijack the uh, the direction here. That's okay. I totally got it. train has no brakes. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, um, do you okay? Just so, what about this? What was what was like your favorite vehicle, and <sighs> and maybe like top couple of action figures to play with? Because um, I feel like you could never play with an action figure in complete isolation. So sure. when it came to like you know playing out your Star Wars stories, which which figures were always an integral part, and which vehicle was always an integral part? So I actually bought a second Dash Rendar because I love Dash Rendar, but I bought a <laughs> second Dash Rendar Han Solo light because I stretched his legs to fit him on the swoop bike. <laughs> Because his legs were very narrow, and you, he wouldn't if if you stretch them, he wouldn't fit in the Outrider. But because I was such a big fan of the video game, I always wanted to recreate the swoop bike part. So I always did that. I love the speeder bike with the with the biker scout, and then later on the the Luke and the Leia ones too. Um, so I was really big on those. And I'm trying to think, obviously that stormtrooper figure. I would always pretend the stormtrooper figure. Um, <laughs> Again, the one with the helmet that wasn't removable would be uh, Kyle or Dash in Stormtrooper disguise. And then the ones where the helmets came off would obviously be Luke and Han. Um, <laughs> and they would go undercover in Imperial bases and, and do whatever, uh, which was heavily inspired by playing Dark Forces. Because, like, do video games count as, as toys? Because, oh, man. I don't like, see, yeah, I don't see why though, they wouldn't. Those absolutely fueled my imagination. Because, like, I would play Dark Forces and, like... That would influence how I played with my figures for like a month after beating a new level in Dark Forces or whatever. Um, so yeah, I would say the mostly the bikes, the swoops, okay. the speeder bikes, and um, hmm. I don't know, probably the Adat. I was, I was, I loved the Adat. I never had it, and I wish oh, I did. Man, that thing was that thing was that was like eighty bucks. Back then, that was expensive. Yeah, yeah. I only ever had a few of the vehicles. Um, I mean, I did have the Falcon, which I loved. That was my favorite by far. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I had the Outrider, and I had an ATST. Um, but I think that was it. I'm surprised your Han Solo didn't install a torture rack on his Millennium Falcon. It tried um, just for his spare time. Joe, this is what's really messed up. I found some like old journals from when I was a kid when I oh, first started getting Star Wars fandom. Like, oh no. Every page in the back of my like like fourth grade journals are just drawings of the torture rack. It's so weird. <laughs> I know it's messed up, man. <laughs> um, you uh, so you're into some weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, apparently in and out of the bedroom. Oh god. Sorry, kids. <laughs> 
Grab another rum and coke. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to need one. Get through this. Um, yeah. Oh, man. I did. Okay. So the Falcon and now what figures? Um, definitely my uh, Empire Strikes Back Han Solo. Um, uh, Bespin or Hoth? Bespin. Okay. And Good one. Good one. Um, I loved my uh, Return of the Jedi Luke from the Power of the Force line. Mm, good one. And yeah, stormtroopers, you needed fodder. And, sure, and sure. like my Luke and Han stormtrooper disguises were always just use the stormtroopers because I'd wanted extras. Um, and yeah, I, I did the same when I wasn't doing that on a cover one. Then they were normal stormtroopers. Yeah. And like I always hated my Leia options because I only had two Leia figures for, I think that still might be the case. The only Leia figures I had was Slave Leia and then like the Leia with the, you know, the white poofy stuff from A New Hope. I never had like a, a Hoth version. Uh, or... okay. Was that a two pack? Uh, which one? Because I remember there were there were three or four two packs. Yes, with Leia that had right. like cloth clothing. Yep, exactly. It was like a Princess Leia collection. I didn't have any of those. Um, yeah, and like I wait. So I, which Leia were you talking about then? No, so I had the slave Leia, and then I had the Leia like just the a New Hope Leia. With the buns, um, and then she had like the plastic cape. Remember? Uh, so, so monkey face Leia, monkey face Leia, yeah, monkey face Leia. Okay, so I thought I, you were talking. I don't uh, know why. Yeah, no, I typically when just, you said buns, I thought you meant like like soft, good, uh, like like cloth. No, no, no clothing. No. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, Sorry. So, so I used to use that Leia a lot. Like so, unlike you, I didn't often create like new characters. Um, I would always just use like the big three. But I was okay. I would always be annoyed with that Leia, like because I just like I never really liked that figure. But I just never got another one. So that one I, I, I was not going to use Slave Leia. Leia. What, I was like, I was gonna like it's not like I'm going to use Slave Leia for like right. all my battle action scenes. Like what? Whenever I had Leia, I would always use Bausch Leia because it looked oh, like she had armor on and it was that's like, awesome, it yeah. awesome. I would just take the helmet off. I still don't have that one. I should really get. I still don't. The only. Oh man, I love that Shadows of the Empire line. I still only have Dash, Undercover Luke, and I think that's it. I don't have Sheezer. I don't have she- oh, wow. uh, Shiva, right? Not Shiva. Um, Snuva. Sheezer, yeah, for sure. But Snuva was the name that che- oh, Chewie, Chewie, dis- yeah. Yeah, Chewie disguised himself as. He looks um, so stupid. Yeah, I know. But His I, buzz cut. Oh man, I gotta, I gotta, I should just grab those off eBay. Um. But uh, yeah, man, that was. But no, you know, going to what you said about the the um, video games, I never had any sort of ability to play video games. We didn't have a computer. We didn't have any console systems until I was in like late middle school. So my experience of playing any sort of Star Wars video games was again over at my cousins and typically just watching them play. But I think, yeah, those were integral parts too because they continue to tell new stories, and that's why I loved the novels so much. Because again, I didn't have the ability to play video games at home, but. My parents certainly didn't have any problems buying me the books. Mm-hmm. So my favorite trilogy growing up was the Jedi Academy trilogy by Kevin J. Anderson. Um, so like using, you know, and that was the great thing about those those novels and those stories is they expanded the universe of Star Wars to, you know, give you new planets, new plot ideas, new all sorts of things. Right. Um, so those would always inform um, the the stories I would then recreate while I was playing. Um, or the stories I was telling, right? Those those novels gave a breadth and depth to 
the films because it just expanded the story. I mean, it's called the expanded universe for a reason. Um, so I think it, it, it allowed you to, to play more with the figures by having new ideas. Mm-hmm. Totally. So now I have another question. You mentioned playing big star Wars before, uh, what role play items did you have as a kid or what did you use to play star Wars as a kid? Great question. I had next to nothing for a long time. <laughs> um, really? Okay. So oh, yeah. what did what did you so do? We would use my cousin's Kinects, which do you remember Kinects? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't you just build weapons out of Kinects. Exactly. I didn't even have any of those at home. So like at home I would just use sticks from the woods. Like for lightsabers. Although I was always a blaster guy, so I would just grab like a stick and like break it off to make it look like a gun. So it could be my blaster. But yeah, I loved it with my cousin because we would just, you know, build with connects and when i say build we would build he would build because i sucked at connects just like i suck at legos um but yeah he would build me a blaster and then he'd build himself a lightsaber and just run around the house that was those are great um i the first light plastic lightsaber i got was with phantom menace um okay so which one did you get uh qui-gon 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 sure loved qui-gon um what about you what would what would you use when you would when you would do it like no. Um, I I actually did end up getting the uh, the Return of the Jedi Luke telescoping lightsaber, and I eventually got the Han like the orange Han Solo blaster. Okay, but before that, we would always just use we had Nerf guns, so we would use Nerf guns and like super soakers and just run around pretending to be like Kyle Dash and Luke being you know fighting stormtroopers through an imperial base or whatever uh and our our bicycles were speeder bikes which was awesome (laughs) (laughs) so we did a lot of that um can we mention legos real quick because i dude i know maybe they weren't like a big deal for you but i was always really really into legos as a kid and when they announced actual star wars legos that blew my mind because for a couple a good couple of years i think it was like 98 or 99 the first ones came out but like i was always into legos so i can't tell you how many times i would use normal legos to build stuff that looked like star wars ships and bases and characters and sets like that so when that actually happened that blew my mind. I don't think Lego was actually doing any other franchises at the time. I think Star Wars was, if not one of the first, it was might have been the first that they picked up and got the license to do. Because uh, they had, you know, all their own, uh, I don't want to say generic, but they had their own Lego kind of exclusive sets, like the, the castle sets and the pirates and town and all the things that they already did, the space ones and everything. But nothing that was actually licensed from another company. And when those five sets hit, like, I just remember being so excited because it it made Star Wars feel really special to me. That, like, oh, Star Wars is, is so cool. They're making Legos out of it. Like, just something about that was so, that just blew my mind as a kid. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. No, yeah, I, I just you, I don't know if you can relate to that or not because I know you said you you and you were whatever about Legos, but it was such a big deal. Yeah, no, I I mean I can't share the sentiment just because I it I, I never had them, um, and honestly I didn't even know they existed at that time. Um, oh wow, really? Yeah, I was just totally oblivious. I didn't really play they with were Legos. Super hard to get. Okay, um, when they first came out. Yeah, I mean. 
I was never a big Lego person to begin with. Like my my brothers would play with them. I'd play with their Legos, but uh, they were never my like my thing. So even when we'd go into Toys R Us, I you know would walk by the Lego aisle. You know, my mom'd be like, "Oh, you want to go to look at the Legos?" No, I was just beelining for the Star Wars action figures. So <laughs> that was what I was. That was what I was after. But no, I. I mean, I totally get it, and I think the Legos are such an immensely important part of um, so many people's Star Wars fandom, and and I think in a way, like even adults, like um, you know, still love buying Legos and building them and just having them out to display, and yeah, they give us so much great stuff. Um, they're just expensive as heck. <laughs> so, oh god, yeah. But yeah, man. So I don't know. Anything else you want to hit on about you know Star Wars toys and and why they're so important? Uh, well, I got a question for you. Is there anything more recently that you picked up? Uh, and it doesn't just have to be a, a, an action figure or a toy. Like let's say an adult collectible. Mm-hmm. that means a lot to you? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, when you say recently, you, like, you mean like well, the last couple of years? Yeah. Like let's, let's say you have the toys that you played with and now you have the toys that you collect. Do you have any, have you collected anything in the past? I don't know, 10, 15 years that even if you, you know, obviously you don't play with it, but like, does it have some sentimental value to you? And why? Yeah, I mean, if, if we do 10 to 15 years, definitely, because um, I, I love my little gentle giant Yoda. Um, f- you know, uh, he's like a, he probably stands four inches tall, but it's him, you know, perched on a stump on Dagobah, just pointing at you like in this teaching, you know, position. It's And, and I love it. I got that um, my senior year of college, and it's, it's, it's my favorite item in my collection. Um, I love it. Um, but even, but to just think more, just most recently, just say, like, say like post Disney. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of cool things. Like I do really love like the new Han Solo six inch black series. Um, but I ordered off of Etsy, uh, a pair of the Han Solo dice, you know, from the Millennium Falcon. Oh, that's and cool. Was, and I have them hanging in my rear view mirror in my car and I love that's them. Rad. They look awesome. <laughs> so, you know, like I really, really, really like those. Um, so yeah, that's what I would have to say. Uh, how about you? Um, funny enough, the things that have been gifted to me that are one of a kind are probably my most prized possessions. Um, so a buddy of mine, Drew Ridley, who's living in Australia, kicking it. Every once in a while, sends me a care package because he's just an amazing dude who who does stuff for the sake of making people happy for no other reason. Um, he's he sent me uh, clone troopers that I've designed as custom action figures, um, including our Red Mist Squad for uh, which is Fordo's squad that I, I created for my motion comic. Um, he sent me a custom twelve inch figure. That is that I designed based off of the Green Power Ranger, just as like an Easter egg for one of my motion comics. That he's like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to make it for him, and like it's, it's stuff like that. It just blows my mind. Um, my friend Blake gifted me a uh, sideshow quality Fordo that you can actually switch back and forth between Phase One and Two, which is an amazing gift. Um, and actually, Chris D. Uh, when I first met him in person at Celebration 6, 
he he asked to borrow five bucks, right? Because he was, you know, he's far from home and and was starting to run out of cash. And I was like, yeah, sure, man, don't worry about it. So to thank me for lending him five dollars, uh, he gave me the five dollars back a few days later with a two thousand three Fordo in card that was super sweet of him to do, totally unnecessary. And then eventually, James Arnold Taylor, the voice actor Roby Wan, signed it because he was also the voice of Fordo in my first motion comic that I ever did. So I had so James signed the character that he did for me. Um, so those things to me are so special because they come from a place of people just in this community being such amazing and generous friends and knowing me so well, like what kind of stuff I would like. Like that's the stuff that is so thoughtful to me and like I, I just I, I go crazy for stuff like that so that was that those things are the crowns of my collection like I would never part with any of that stuff under any circumstances that is that's really cool yeah I'm, I, I love that stuff that is so cool I mean because cool, I mean not much more little can you get like you created these characters and now oh there you go now you got a figure of it yeah now it's real <laughs> Yeah, and Drew Drew is actually the one that uh, at celebration. So I based one of the Red Mist characters on him, and he actually showed up in full trooper gear as that character with that paint scheme at celebration. That almost I, that would that had me tearing up. That was so cool to see. That's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I've never given Joe anything that special. Everybody. So you, every hug you give me is, is that special? That me? is true. Yeah. Yeah. And I whisper for <laughs> into your ear. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that was fun. I think this is uh this is a good place to start wrapping up, um, cool. which is really bad podcasting transitional language. Sorry. <laughs> Whatever. I think they know we're amateurs. You think this is my, I first am time. anyway, you've been doing this for a while. But. Yeah. Yeah, I always get a little flustered when I have to be the head host because Jason's not here. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Joe, thanks for thanks for filling in pretty much last minute. Um, and uh, and I knew this would be a fun topic to talk about with you because um, we both loved Star Wars. I mean, every you're listening to this and you're a hardcore Star Wars fan. I'm sure you loved your Star Wars toys and still love your Star Wars toys. Um, so. Here's some food for thought. If you have any questions or just something you want to send in for next week's episode about Star Wars toys, go ahead and do it. I dare you. Um, so uh, all sorts of fun opportunities to get involved for next week's episode. So again, you know, give us your insight as to the our, our Bounty Hunter Showdown matchup of Cad Bane and um, Embo teamed up against Boba and Jango Fett. So who do you think would win in that matchup? Also, send us any sort of questions you have regarding Star Wars stuff. Uh, more just any insights about Star Wars stuff that you think would you know propagate like a fun little discussion between Jason and I, um, because again next week is Star Wars Day. It's time to celebrate our love and fandom of Star Wars. So send in any sort of thoughts you have when we'll get to as many of them as we can on next week's episode. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, if you have any fun plans for Star Wars Day or any sort of ritual or or ceremony around what you plan to do for your Star Wars Day, certainly share that with us as well. If you even want to record like a brief like minute, minute and a half, um, you know, little audio file and email email that to us. We'll play it on the show, whatever you want. 
Um, next week's episode is all about you. So certainly send in, uh, send in anything you want. Um, and we'll get to as much of it or all of it if we can. So, um, Joe, before we wrap up, if people want to check out any of your projects or any of the art that you're doing or are up to, um, how and where can they do that? Uh, I think it's pretty straightforward. It's Joe Hogan art on basically anything you can imagine. So you got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, DeviantArt, YouTube, Zanga, LiveJournal, uh, MySpace. No, okay, maybe not the last few, but like any and basically anything that you're subscribed to, Joe Hogan art is where you're uh, gonna want to search if you care enough to follow me and my hijinks. But I would appreciate it if you did. Yeah. I mean, I I love your stuff, obviously. And in case in case for I should have said this at the top of the show, and my apologies. You know, if for some reason you are, um, you know, new to the show, uh, obviously welcome. We're glad you're here. But uh, if you've seen any of our social media, you know, you see any of our logos or any sort of our logo or artwork, that's all been done by Joe. Joe's done all that over the years. So um, he's. Joe has, like I've often said, like you, you've been the third wheel since day one. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank um, you, thank you for uh, for the love, for the plug, for for Jason allowing me to fill in for him. Uh, it's always a good time, no matter who's here, what the roster is, what we're talking about. I always have uh, a blast, and if I can return the love a little bit, you guys are my favorite podcast out there. So it's it's for me, it's. It's self-serving to a promote myself and b just be a part of something that I'm such a big fan of. So, thank you guys, the both of you. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I always, always, always love having you on. So, um, I'm glad that you were able to join me for this. Me, me. Well, you know, I have no life, so there's <sighs> well nothing else going on really. Well, neither do I. You so. knew I'd be home. <laughs> not, you're not always available, though. So that's true. Was, I'm trying was, to be a social butterfly these yeah. days. So I was glad that you were you were around because this was this was a lot of fun. So I had a great time, man. I had a great time. Yeah, me too. Thanks, buddy. Um, yeah, thank you. So again, like if if it, you want to, you know, get in your thoughts in for for next week, you know, you can um, find us on all forms of social media except Instagram, uh, which I am thinking about launching an Instagram page soon, but not yet. So, um, of course, on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Wampus Lair Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Wampus Lair. Our email is Wampus Lair Podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show a little bit more, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Wampus Lair Podcast and uh, unlock some mini episodes every week as well. So, um, thank you so much for joining us in this week's episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This has been episode 279, Toy Importance. Um, on behalf of Joe, the Force Ghost of, An- of, of Anakin, of Jason, I am Carl, and we will see you next week here in the Wampus Lair. Yeah.